0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Award on Wealth with Stevensville Management Group. My name is Jill Carr, and I'm a wealth advisor with the firm. And today I'll be speaking with Jessica Brown, who is a, not only a travel agent, but one of our clients, full disclosure. And we're going to be discussing all things travel, especially about how to travel as a retiree and how to do it if you're single and don't have someone to travel with. Jessica, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. Thanks for having me. Can you share a little bit about your background for our listeners?
1: Sure. Um, it's it's kind of wide and varied. Um, like most people, I've done a lot of things, a lot of roads that have led me to where I am right now. I guess a little travel pun there. I actually started my career in travel back when I was in my early 20s doing group travel, all over the world, a lot of U.S.-based travel, and then kind of went off and did other things, advertising, marketing, professional photographer. I actually own a farm as well. I have always come back to travel, and I just purchased a, a travel agency franchise three and a half years ago, and that's where I am now.
0: Excellent. Well, Everyone says all the time when I speak to clients, you know, that they want to travel more in retirement, probably because, you know, they didn't have the time or money maybe before retirement. What are some ways to travel though without breaking the bank? Do you have any tips and tricks for that?
1: There's lots of ways, you know, in my mind, travel is broken up into a number of different things. You have your your quick weekend trips, your getaways, have trips, maybe smaller trips that you do over the year. And then you have your big like bucket list trips. In my mind, those bucket list trips are ones that you plan for and you want to do big and you want to do well, because you're probably not going back to them again, those types of things. But the ones where you go maybe throughout the year once or twice and and are not quite as big bucket list items those are the ones where you could probably save a little bit of money different things you can travel during the shoulder season for example alaska is cheaper in may and september than it is in june july and august don't travel during spring break the prices are very inflated try not to travel over christmas new year's holidays prices are inflated again you know demand is high travel a little bit when the weather is a little bit off. Different things like cruising, for instance, you can visit a lot of different places in a short amount of time and everything's included for the most part, your transportation, your lodging, your food. So that does help the cost down as well. Same thing with all-inclusive resorts. If you can get a good deal on an all-inclusive resort, you've got everything covered in one shot. And then take advantage of special offers. A lot of the cruise lines offer incentives for people that travel on them over and over and over again and so take advantage of, of any of those types of things
0: those are all very good tips thank you especially coming out of covid and the pandemic are there some places that are better to go in the next few years than others like where where should we go
1: <laughs> you know that really is dependent on your comfort level you know there are a lot of people that are saying i want to stick to the continental U.S. right now, not comfortable going out of the States. And there are other people like myself that are willing to go anywhere and everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and some of it depends on your vaccination status as well. Agree or disagree, it just is the world that we live in right now. You know, some places require you to be vaccinated. Other places require you to have a test before you come. So it really depends on what you're comfortable with. And demand is very high for you know we've been at home and not able to travel for so long demand is very high for travel a lot of things are in great demand right now especially like alaska some of those bigger bucket list items and the prices are higher it might not be the time to do some of those we might want to let demand play its course and and plan that for later
0: that's a good point let's talk about if you are single and don't have a spouse or partner or just can't find anyone with the time to travel that you have, you know, how can you still go? Should you ever go alone?
1: Uh Yeah, again, that's completely dependent on your comfort level. I know some people that would never go alone and others that would be just fine with it. You really need to think about where you're going. Um, You always need to be aware of your surroundings and, you know, really think things through and don't put yourself in a bad situation. There's a lot of travel that is really easy to do on your own, all-inclusive resorts where you're staying on a safe resort. You know, cruises are fine to go on by yourself. My other suggestion would be to look at other options, maybe go with a group. For example, I have a group that of 36 people that are going to Greece on a cruise in October. If you can find an existing group, whether it's through a senior center or some of the neighborhoods have a travel group or different, different things like that. If you can find groups of people that are going where you want to go, then you can join them, still have your, your own space in your own room or your own cabin, but be a little bit more secure in the fact that you're with other people and you have those people. The other benefit to that is you might meet somebody else that has the same interest, And then later in the future, you could go you know, with them. My other suggestion is to look at family. You know, If your husband doesn't want to go, but your kids like to travel. My daughter and I like to travel a lot more than my husband does. So it provides some great opportunities for the two of us to go as well. So it does. Sometimes it can be a little bit more expensive to go on your own. You know, they, it's called the single supplement. If they're selling a room that is meant for two people and there's only one going, you do end up paying a little bit more sometimes. But there are certain cruise lines that are now addressing the single traveler and offering them a little bit of a break on that single supplement. And I did see some all-inclusive resorts um, this spring that were offering to waive that single supplement as well. So they're there's definitely
0: options out there. That's good to know.
1: You know, it, there's a there's a ton of groups out there that you can travel with. Just I myself have three or four going on I'm looking at doing all inclusive at some point for just a ladies getaway that kind of thing. So there's lots of opportunities I think for a single traveler.
0: Okay, that's great. Yeah, you might find like you mentioned your your next great travel buddy from one yeah, of these groups. Is booking a formal tour a good idea, you know, as opposed to exploring a place on your own, actually booking a a tour with a guide and a group or whatever?
1: Again, it kind of I keep saying it depends on your comfort level. Some people, it's really intimidating to go to a foreign country and try to figure everything out on their own, whether it be getting from point A to point B or finding out where to eat or that kind of thing. And other people just thrive on that kind of challenge. So it really depends on your personality. I prefer somewhere in the middle. I like to have my accommodations already set. I want to know where I'm going and I want to know how I'm getting from one spot to another. But I also want to have that time on my own to go and explore and look at the things that I'm interested in because I like to do the research about where I'm going to and find the things that interest me. I'm not a big museum person. So I like to go in and really look more at like historical, architectural, that kind of thing. If you do it on your own, you kind of have that flexibility. But then again, a, a fully guided experience, might you might learn more about where you are and see some things that you might miss if you're trying to figure it out all out on your own so there is something to be said for a local influence guided tour fully guided tours obviously are probably a little bit more expensive so again it depends on your budget and and what you want that the most amazing thing about travel is you can customize it to yourself you know it's it's not one size fits all and you know you really can come up with something that fits you perfectly
0: Right. And so that's a good segue into my next question, which is maybe a travel agent can help with some of these things. How can a travel agent help as opposed to, you know, someone trying to just go online and book their own stuff? Yeah.
1: Well, the biggest thing, a travel agent right now is, is kind of your best friend when you're traveling. There's so many different ways that we can help. You start thinking about a destination and you start going online and doing some research. It can be three and four hours later and you're looking up going, wow, I really don't haven't decided anything (laughs) more about what I want to do than when I started because it's such a rabbit hole. There's so much information. A travel agent is really going to help you. The first thing we do is what we call qualify our clients. So when you call me and say, I want to go somewhere warm, that's a lot of times how a conversation starts. So I'm going to pick your brain and I'm going to talk to you about your budget, and who's going, and what you like to do, and the types of experiences that you like to have, and the level of service that you're looking for, and those types of what you've done in the past, those types of things. And that's going to help me narrow down some suggestions for you. But our expertise is just, you know, we, we do this all day, every day. It's, you know, it's like you, when I have financial, I need financial advice, I call you. <laughs> right. I, you know, it's just, When you have when you need travel advice, you call a travel advisor. We're going to help. We have tons and tons of resources. You know that we can help you narrow down your thoughts. We can save you time. A lot of times, we can save you money. We can think about things that you're not aware of in destinations or getting there. Um, There's ever changing restrictions right now. You know, every country is either decreasing or increasing their COVID restrictions, and it changes all the time. Forms you have to fill out online to get into some countries, that kind of thing. And the other, the biggest thing for us is service too. I mean, if you book your travel online or like through a big wholesaler like Costco or something like that, it's very difficult for you to get service on that. If anything goes wrong and let's face it, things are going wrong every day (laughs) in travel right now, whether it's flights or, you know, changing restrictions. If you call me, I'm going to pick up the phone. And I'm going to answer you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to care about your situation where the internet does not care. You might've saved a couple bucks, but if you need help or suggestions or anything like that, it's not going to help you. And then the other thing is a lot of people don't realize a lot of packages already include the cost of a travel advisor. So travel agents are paid on commission, when you book a package like a cruise or a Disney resort vacation or an all inclusive in the Caribbean, that commission is already built into the cost of your package. So why in the world would you pay for it and not use that resource? That doesn't make sense to me.
0: <laughs> right. I mean just the time saving alone, you know, for me to go and I have been down that rabbit hole on mm-hmm. the internet before <laughs> and it's yeah, it's sure. a very good analogy to financial advisors too, that, you know, these people are like both of us in our respective fields, you know, we do this every day. So those people are professionals that can help you save time and money, you know, because sure you could do it yourself, but you may spend so much more time you know, doing this and, and not even know what you don't know, like you mentioned, you know,
1: exactly. And, and I think a lot of people have that fear of giving up control. Like if I give, if I use a travel advisor, they're just going to plan anything. I'm not going to have any input. And that's the opposite of the way that we work. You know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm going to work with you to find out your preferences and everything. And I'm going to build a trip for you. I'm going to basically work with you the whole time so that you get exactly what you want. And, and it's personal to you.
0: Right. Okay. Let's talk about, is it better to stay in a hotel or someplace like an Airbnb or VRBO type place?
1: Yeah, i um... You know, again, it it depends on the the destination uh, for me and the length of time that you're going to be there. I think both have, obviously both have their benefits. I'm not anti-VRBO or or Airbnb. I think you have to be really careful about reading reviews and that kind of thing. It's obviously they're all privately owned, so it's a chance you take to get a, a good or a bad Airbnb. It happens all the time.
0: Right. My friend just had an experience with an Airbnb. I mean, she had great experiences with a different Airbnb. And then this last one was just kind of a nightmare. So yeah, it's, it's
1: kind of a, I don't want to say it's a, it's a gamble, but you know, they are all individually owned. So it's up to the individual owner, how, how well it is prepared. But I do think both, you know, both a hotel and an Airbnb have their, their benefits for me again, it depends on destination. So if I'm going to the Caribbean, I'm going to stay at an all inclusive. I'm going to have a waiter that brings me tacos and fruity (laughs) drinks. And there's, my favorite is Live Aqua in Cancun. And, you know, I know them by name and they, they bring you fruity drinks and tacos and nachos. And, and there's also a lovely Couple of lovely ladies that come around and give you foot massage. It's nice. <laughs> um, so, I am not going to stay at an Airbnb in, in the Caribbean. If I'm going to Arizona for a week to hike, yeah, I'm probably going to do an Airbnb. Um, or if, even in Europe, you know, if I'm going to stay in one place for an extended amount of time, it might be a good idea. That definitely is a savings. Um, you kind of have your hub where you can just drop everything and, and go from there. But again, it just depends on on what I want. There are times when I'm on vacation that I certainly don't want to have to go to the grocery store and I don't want to have to cook and I don't want to have to clean up the Airbnb. I, I just want to stay in a hotel and have somebody else worry about all of that. So it, it really depends on the experience that you're looking for and where you are. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for one night or two nights to have an Airbnb in my mind, um, but maybe for
0: like a week or so. Okay. Those are all good things to consider that had I not talked to you, probably wouldn't have thought about. <laughs> now I wanted to ask about TSA pre-check versus clear. For those of our listeners who may not be familiar, TSA pre-check, the Transportation Security Administration has a thing where you can sign up ahead of time and basically get pre-checked ahead of time. And then when you're at the airport, you can go in a different security line where usually it's faster and you don't have to take off your shoes and belts, which is huge for me because I'm a big germaphobe, but you do have to pay a fee. It's, you know, something like 80 bucks for five years or something. And then I think clear is even more. Yes. And I see, you know, people using that. I'm not as familiar with clear, but I know there's like a retinal
1: scan or something with that. Um, Yeah. You've pretty much Explain TSA. um, It's like 75 bucks for five years. And yes, you skip, basically skip skip the longest line. Clear is 180 bucks for one year, quite a bit more. You use a biometric scanner when you get to the airport to identify yourself instead of handing your passport and... You know, pulling your mask down for the TSA agent, that kind of thing. But then the thing is, if you don't also have the pre-check, you do have to still go through the regular security line. So you really, if you want to optimize your situation, use both. I guess in my mind, I would probably say that the pre-check, excuse me, is a little bit more important. Although clear does work at some stadiums around the country as well, where you can upload your vaccination status and that kind of thing and get into some venues that way by avoiding the lines. But then there is a third option as well, and that's global entry. So global entry is $100, and that includes the TSA pre-check. And that also uses the biometric data on your way back into the U.S. So it makes the the process of getting back into the United States and going through customs a little bit faster. That one is a little bit more of a process to get. There's a little bit more of a background check and that kind of thing. But those are three options. I'd say at the very least, the pre-check is a great option at the
0: $75 for five years. And how do you... How do you start the process for any of those?
1: So there are forms online. You just Google any of those and go to the TSA website. All that information is on there, the links to the forms and and the instructions on how to take care of that. There's usually like a five-minute form that you fill out online, and then you have to set up appointments for the screening.
0: Okay, great. What if you are not that active or have certain health conditions? Can you still travel?
1: Absolutely. There is, again, something for everyone. Even if you have accommodations that need to be met, it just takes a little bit more thought in pre-planning to make sure that those accommodations can be made. A lot of the cruise lines, even the European River cruise lines, are doing a lot more to make sure that they are all accessible. They are not all accessible at this point, but there definitely are some that are you can rent equipment like scooters and wheelchairs to be delivered in destination. A lot of times you can notify the airlines if you need to help through the airports. I just had to do that with my daughter in December. She had a knee injury and I needed, we had pretty quick connections and I was sure that she was not going to be able to make it from gate to gate. So we, you know, I requested a wheelchair when I checked in and they were awesome. You know, they picked us up right outside the gate gangway and whisked us away to our next gate and it was fantastic. There are a number of medical travel companies that can help you with getting oxygen to where you need to be, medical beds, all kinds of different type of needs that need to be met. So it just takes a little bit more, more pre-planning, I guess, but definitely it is an option. Biggest thing too, with, with anybody that has health conditions and really, even if you don't, I really highly recommend travel protection for all it does not make sense to make a huge investment on a trip and not protect your investment with travel protection. I can walk down a street and twist my ankle and need to go find a provider somewhere and really helps support your vacation by having that travel protection. It's an extra level of protection.
0: Okay. That's a good point. One last question. This podcast is you know, earmarked for retiree travel. So people who are probably in their 50s, 60s or so, are there any common questions that come up from those type of people when they're asking you about things?
1: Um, I wouldn't say common because I, I deal with such a wide range of, of people. My advice though, is just to travel, travel, small travel, big travel, anything. Go with your kids, go with your grandkids, make memories. They're not going to remember the small trinket that you purchased for them, but they will remember the three days you spent somewhere and had fun and the time that you spent with them. Um, So that's really my biggest advice is to travel with your spouse, with your friends. It's just such a great opportunity to make memories and learn about the world and other
0: people. And it's just a great, great time. Okay. That sounds awesome. You've certainly made me want to travel some more. <laughs> can't wait to book my next trip. So thank you so much for your time. Um, and that's a wrap. Thank you. For more information, visit our website, stevenswmg.com.